it's time for um hello a jersey shore recap podcast um hello um hello we're back my name is angel but you can call me cookie and i'm Wow. together we are cookie and Wow, and this is um hello your jersey shore episode by episode recap podcast and this is season three episode three it's called where's the beach if you know what that means you know what we're in for this episode this is my favorite episode, I think. I like the next episode as well. This whole block of episodes is so goddamn good. It's some of my favorite, not only of the season, but the whole franchise. Because there's some drama, but it's also so fun. There's a lot of good moments where they are kind of like coming together, having some peace. But um, there's definitely a lot of chaos, and it's quite the snooky saga. So, yeah. <laughs> She's the main character of this season, for sure. I mean, really the whole show, but especially this season. Yeah, I agree. Um, so can I just say one thing? Because I know, again, like in real life right now, Jersey Shore Family Vacation is happening and Sammy is back. Mm-hmm. And I just want to note because Angelina isn't on this season, but she is in, you know, the family vacations, you know, those uh, those seasons currently. And she's got so much beef with everybody that it's so annoying. And it's honestly sometimes like not that fun to watch because it's just Angelina having unnecessary beef. Like it's not even necessary beef. And she, they explain, I don't know if you've watched, but they explain like, oh, Sammy's coming back because like she needs like a lifeline basically. And the funniest thing ever to me is that Sammy makes years worth of amends in 15 minutes. And Angelina is sitting there like, what the mother fuck is this? And Vinny even like makes a joke and is like, no, we don't like hold grudges. We only do that to Angelina or like something like that. And I'm just like, oh my God, this shit runs so deep though. Like they've always obviously seen Sammy as family. Right. And Angelina is the annoying like step cousin that they are not that fond of. And they like have to put up with, but they don't really want her there. It's just so funny to me how like not much has changed. I watched it as well. And I agree. It was funny how fast all the beef was squashed because Sammy did have a problem with basically every girl but within like five minutes of tv time it was squashed because that it's like you said she's family and angelina is a castmate like like yeah she's her co-worker like they get along with her because they work with her but she's not family and she kind of never has been and i think that bothers her and she's like yeah she sort of flip-flops i've seen a little bit of family vacation and she sort of flip-flops between being like well fuck you then and then being like no but please accept me it's like back and forth. And she kind of always has, even in the first two seasons, back and forth between accept me or I hate you. Yeah, I definitely don't, don't understand her vibe because she'll be like, oh, I don't want to go to this. And I'm like, girl, nobody wants you to go and you don't want to go. So why are you going? But I think part of it is like a paycheck. I don't know. It's so weird and convoluted, but it is nice that like Sammy's making amends in real life. And here we're going to start to see Sammy make some amends in this episode. So that was kind of a nice parallel. Well, I, I want to say, starting off the recap of this episode, that mm-hmm. you ha- you shared a theory with us last week. Yeah. And I was like, well, let's see. We'll wait and see. And I think this episode 100% proves you right. Because you. at the very start of the episode, Sammy's whole energy has shifted. And she's saying that she realizes how stupid she was being and that she wants to yeah. apologize to the girls. So she's got a whole new perspective 
And I think that perspective is what you were saying last week, which is that she saw season two. She watched the footage. Yeah, she does say she wants to apologize to Nicole and Jenny. And I remember watching this on the show and being so confused of like where it came from. And now that I feel like I have a better understanding of the timeline of things, I definitely think like it's nice that she's got these moments of clarity and it's nice to know where they came from. She does say she wants to apologize to Nicole and Jenny, but we'll see if she actually apologizes to Jenny. She's definitely more afraid of Jenny. Like, I think yeah. she's dreading, like she wants to have the conversation, but she's dreading it because she doesn't know how it will go. Because Jenny's the type that if you apologize to her, she'll just straight up tell you, I don't accept it. Fuck you. Like she's that type. So I'd be scared too. <laughs> we'll get more into the apologies later. Cause that happens later in the episode. But what's happening yes. right now is that the episode starts with them after a night out. So they're all a little drunk. And Snooki yeah. is eating a raw potato. She's just chowing down on a fucking raw potato. What do you think of that? Yeah, that was gnarly. They're like all, I think it's back from a club night. I'm not even sure timeline wise, honestly, where we are, especially because like there's a salmon Ron fight. It's unsure of where things are because this can't be the same night they came back from the boardwalk. You know, no, it's very ambiguous. I think that even more proves my theory. And Snooki has been drinking wherever they are. And I think that this scene, as like, it's supposed to be on one hand, I think comical that like, oh my gosh, she's so drunk. She's eating a raw potato. Everyone's like teasing her. That's funny. But I think on the other hand, this scene is setting up the kind of drinking problem that she has at this time. And I'm not... Uh, qualified enough to say like anybody on this show is a full-blown alcoholic or whatever that's I think for all of them to decide what their addiction issues are like Mike has obviously a different perspective now as an adult than Nicole like Nicole doesn't go out and party eight nights a week the way she was here on Jersey Shore like now that she's a mom she'll let loose when she's not with her kids but I think the other part of the scene is that we're kind of setting up the fact like even Wow was like I haven't seen Nicole sober since we got here and I think the, so it's like half funny half concerned right it's definitely foreshadowing because it, it's a it's a silly yeah. scene but they're starting to address that it's it's worrying the roommates a little bit and if you're on the Jersey Shore and your roommates are worried that you're drinking too much you're drinking too much <laughs> right? Yeah, seriously. And she wants Sea Biscuit, which if you don't know, that is the nickname for Vinny's penis. <laughs> uh, Vinny isn't quite having it, though. So um, I think he is realizing, like, even if I wanted to do this, she's so drunk. It's like not right. the time. I I love that um, they do have a genuine friendship and he respects the friendship and he he tries to avoid crossing that boundary, especially when she's wasted like she is. So Good for him. Right. I guess we shouldn't applaud men for doing the bare minimum, but whatever. Well, Dina also wants to hook up with somebody. That somebody is Situation, who seems a little iffy. Um, and I feel like what's so funny about this scene in general, where, like, Nicole wants somebody, and he's, like, kind of her friend or whatever, and then Dina wants somebody, but it's, like, whatever. I weirdly related to this when it was, like, happening, because I feel like that was a time where I very much, like, identified with their meatballness in terms of, like, the body image issues that were happening and then to see these two girls who are like very much down to hook up when all these guys want is girls to hook up with and they're kind of like not totally down and then it starts to like mess with your mind a little bit and I was mm. like I can weirdly relate to this from even from literally from when I was watching it like at that time of being like yeah making myself available to guys who then aren't kind of reciprocating 
And in a society where it's supposed to be like, guys are going to be pawing at you. It's kind of like, a, okay, well, what the fuck is wrong with me when I'm like ready to give it up? And no- so I don't know. I felt like a weird camaraderie with them in this scene um, just because they were two girls ready to go for it. And the, and the guys weren't there with them. I will say I do understand <clears throat> from the guy's perspective, though, they have like a, a brother sister type vibe with these girls. I mean, Dina's new, so maybe not quite so much, but I wonder if they're just nervous about crossing that boundary. Although, Certainly. There's know. a lot of dynamics at play. That's that's for sure. Um, and speaking of interesting dynamics, they decide, oh, the way to get something to happen is to do this threesome setup. And Mike, I think he's like, well, hooking up with one of them or the other one is one thing. But hooking up in a threesome setting, I think that threesomes in general just give off a very casual vibe. Like, sure. no one's having a threesome them and, and then being like, okay, we're all going to be in a three-way relationship afterwards, the way you might with, like, solo, one-on-one kind of sex. But I think that he wouldn't have been – he wasn't really into it until the threesome idea was presented because then it's, like, a fun, crazy, taboo thing. Yeah. But then they start to get into bed, but – Snooky dips and leaves him with Dina. <laughs> not only does she avoid. dip, she runs into Vinny's bed, who said, right. like, I can literally smell your breath. Can you, like, get the fuck out? It's honestly such a, like, weird dance because, like, she's with Vinny. Then she's back with, like, Mike and Dina, and they're all going there. And then she's back with Vinny, and then she's over with Jenny. It's like, oh, my gosh. And situation also is like, well, now I'm just with Dina. And Dina, like, talks her way into a kiss. Like, it's very <laughs> awkward. And then they, he does what he calls kitchen ditching. Well, he got, he luckily, they, uh, Dina got up to go to the bathroom and he, he, and he took that as his window to escape. So he went to the I kitchen. love how you say luckily. So you're luckily on situation him. side here. Only because, <laughs> well, I am because he's clearly uncomfortable. And yeah, it's like, it almost is like if she hadn't got up and gone to the bathroom. So luckily for both of them, I think, because if she hadn't got up, to the bathroom i think they might have hooked up a little they might have fooled around maybe not full-blown sex but they would have fooled around a little i think and that, that could have got awkward but who knows maybe it wouldn't have got awkward i don't know but i don't know it seems like not doing it was the better option definitely wouldn't have been like good if the roles were reversed and it was like two guys trying to like coerce a girl into like yeah. doing something that maybe she you know so i get it um and i also on the other hand, though, I'm just like, well, maybe Situation's getting a little bit of his own medicine because I feel like he's mm. always kind of like a, a pressurer, which isn't a good look. So I don't know. It's a it's a weird kind of uncomfortable thing. But like you said, I think it is good that nothing ends up happening. I also feel like I'm realizing now that maybe he's really into the or at this time, at least maybe he was into the chase. Maybe someone being attracted to him is a turn off. Which is, which is weird and fucked up, but maybe he likes, like, the idea of, like, getting someone who's originally hesitant or something, and Dean is too available for him. Maybe that's the deal. Uh, no, that's fair. That's a, I think that's a... You could be onto something there. So the next day, we see the classic GTL. This time, it's Polly and Snooky. Snooky's not wearing any underwear. <laughs> and um, when they go drop off laundry, then they go to the gym... And then they go tanning. They fight over who's the tannest. Oh, my God. They're both so tan. They're they're almost tan to a degree that it's socially unacceptable now. Like, they're so tan. <laughs> yeah. And they make some problematic comments, which I won't repeat. <laughs> 
Um, and that was kind of like, honestly, I feel like I was a common thing that I heard back at that time, which yeah. is not great. Like comparing the fact that they're Tanner to the, the fact that they could be other races. Like that's not, that didn't age well, obviously. <laughs> and I don't think people yet yeah, tan this like this now. And that's, no. it's, it's probably Tanning, good that we've evolved. It's not just the language. Tanning culture as a whole is very outdated. Like tanning salons, I think they still exist, but they're definitely not like a big moneymaker. I don't know about the East Coast. I wonder if Jersey people are only I've only no I think it's like if anything maybe a Miami thing because I do know at least as of like 2015 people who tanned in Miami but I don't I I, yeah I don't really know people who tan now anymore this is I just have to say really quick I'm glad tanning culture is going away because like people that like tan regularly like that like at a tanning booth their skin just doesn't look good it's different than getting like a nice sun glow yeah right it's like artificial and it's too dark and it's too intense all at once when you sit in that booth and you yep. see some of the cast they have like sunspots and they're like in their yes. early 20s yep yeah i had i had a lot of friends who were like obsessed with tanning in high school and i feel like they have skin issues at some right like things now and i'm like yeah i got it god i never got into that um, and also Snooky doesn't have a good experience either because it ends up with her ass being itchy and she used to put her ass right. in the fridge to like relieve herself so even then they must have known it wasn't great why was her ass itchy though from tanning i didn't quite get that <laughs> so i have gone tanning before and it is like um just putting a lot of like uv lights and rays and whatever directly on you and you use this tanning oil and what also happens is that you lay literally like it, maybe in a thong, but like maybe naked mm. on this machine that other people lay on. So her ass could uh. be itchy because of irritation from the actual procedure or the fact that like her ass was just laying on something that like who knows how good these people Ew, Right. So there's a lot of reasons her ass could be itchy. And that's another reason not to share tanning beds. You know, Paulie at least has his own in his house. He's got the right idea. Well, and this leads to an iconic moment because to alleviate her ass itch, she sits in a fridge, a, a mini <laughs> fridge that's, well, I don't know why there's randomly a mini fridge in the middle of the room, I guess maybe for alcoholic beverages. Alcohol. But there's this iconic moment where she sits in the fridge and she just sits there quietly for a second and then she just goes, I have to poop. And it's an iconic <laughs> gift that I used to share on Tumblr all the time. I just wanted to point that out. That is so funny. I have to poop. <laughs> she's just so, like, even when she's messy, it's endearing and charming. That's why we love Snooky. Agreed. So now we pan over to Sam, who seems to be like unraveling a bit. And I think this is such an unfair scene to her. And I hate Ron in this scene because from her perspective, she's just learned so much new information, like so much new information. Yeah. And she's also like, I can't trust you. And she's kind of like, I can't trust you to go to the store. I can't trust because like everything I've seen shows that I can't trust you. And I feel like what she's and I understand. I feel like I sympathize with this, maybe even mm -hmm. empathize with this little. She's trying to get some reassurance for him from him. And so she's like, well, tell me everything I need to know. And I think what he should have said is like what you saw was was not like has is in the past or like something like acknowledging what she's going through. But he really just starts like screaming at her because like i said sam's perspective is i just learned all this new information mm -hmm. ron that's like in the past for him so from ron's perspective the only thing new for him is oh sam now is up to speed but she's right. i wouldn't say she's like up to speed it's just that she's now has the knowledge and so he's thinking like 
well, she should just be where I'm at because that was so long ago. And he's not at all recognizing that like it's fresh wounds for her. And he goes immediately like, you can't like accuse me of things I didn't do. I didn't fucking do anything. And so he's not even willing to see where she's at. And so that's why I, I hate him in this scene because of the lack of empathy, the lack of anything and the, the going straight to screaming infuriates me. Well, and, and I've said this before. This is the classic Ron move. He's a major gaslighter. He was gaslighting before we even were saying gaslighting because mm-hmm. his whole his whole M.O. is like when he gets when he feels cornered and he feels like he doesn't have a way out of a situation that he created for himself, he tries to flip it. And so mm-hmm. if he's starts apologizing or trying to talk about something he did wrong and Sammy doesn't immediately forgive him or hear what he has to say, he flips it to, well, fuck you because I'm trying and you're not trying. So, you know, at least I'm, you know what I mean? Like it's that energy of like, you won't say what I want to hear. So you're the bad person. And I hate that about him. And I actually wrote down, I agree, by the way, that this was a hard watch. This whole scene may be uncomfortable. And I, I think what set him off and started him like yelling and shouting and getting in her face was she said, quote, I know everything. And she said it pretty intensely. And I, I don't know. I, I could see that set him off. And even I was like, whoo, that fear set in of like, I, uh, mm. the jig is up. It was like a jig is up moment. Well, one of the things that I thought it was interesting that he says is that he's like, Sam is so different than the girl I fell in love with. Yeah. And that was very, honestly, very triggering to me. So I had a toxic ex. I might've talked about him before. I, I literally refer to him as the mistake because I fucking hate him. <laughs> and one of the, when I first met him, like when we first started dating, one of the things he said to me, he was like, you seem so chill. It seems like it would take a lot to make you mad. And I was and I was like, I love that you think that of me, like, because I really I do think I'm a pretty chill person. I mean, that doesn't mean I don't I don't know, whatever. And so uh, then after like a year and some change of us having this tumultuous, toxic relationship where he was all right, he was such a trigger for me. I had like no patience for him. And that's all because of like just the toxic place like he put me in. And towards the end of our relationship, he was like you're so angry, like anything sets you off anymore. And I just was like, that's so contrasted to how you referred to me when you met me. And I'm like, so that was, that's a reflection on how you've, how like our relationship has changed. Cause like the way that you've treated me has made me, yeah, change. And that's how I felt when Ron said this of like, Sam's not who I fell in love with anymore. Like Ron, that is a direct correlation to what you have done to this poor woman. No, it's baffling to the mind that he, and he really believes that shit too. He's not just saying it. It's baffling to the mind. Of course, she's not going to treat you the same. When she met you, she trusted you and had faith in you. And now she doesn't. That's the difference. Hello. Is it that difficult to understand? Or is he really that dense? Or do you think he's just trying to make himself look better? I don't know. I Both. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I also wondered during this scene, it's pretty much confirmed at this point that Sammy saw a lot of season two footage while they were filming yeah. season three. I guess Ron didn't like, did the, was it just her? Did, Cause he doesn't know what she saw. So I wonder who else saw the footage. Yeah. Because he even says at one point, like, well, tell me what you saw. And it's like, and that's when she's like, I saw everything. He's and yeah. I think that like, he he does this thing even i feel like through all his relationships even like in family vacation like he does these, this thing where he'll be like 
well, tell me what you know so that I can defend it. Because anything you don't know, I'm not even going to worry about. Where it's like, I think if you came clean, you'd get a lot further with these women. Yeah. But um, let's move on from the Sam and Ron drama for a bit, which actually we're going to get a nice wide break from it, which is kind of yeah. nice. Um, so now Sam starts her apology train, which I don't mind this. And so Polly, Nicole, and Sam go to work, which it leads Sam and Nicole being in the same space. So it leads to them being able to have a nice conversation where I think this is the most genuine out of all of Sam's apologies because she very much says like, I was blinded by love and I wasn't willing to see you guys. And I was wrong. And I see everything that you were trying to do for me now. And I, I feel like they should have just like taken this clip and like replayed it to all the girls. And then they could have all made up because it doesn't always come. It doesn't come out as cleanly as it does right. this time. No, it was a great conversation. And Snooki was willing to hear her out. She even said like, you know, I'm sorry too, that I got involved in that, whatever. It was a great conversation. And it made sense that she went to Snooki first because Snooki has a very forgiving soul. She, she really doesn't want to have beef or be mad at anybody. She just wants to like get along with everybody. I bet she has a labor placement somewhere that makes her very like harmonious, you know. She was she even said, I think it was in the first episode, like I don't remember the exact wording, but she said something to the extent of if if Sam would apologize or could see our perspective, I'd be willing to be friends with her. I forget, remember, and, and Jenny was like, not yeah. me. So Snooki was right. ready for an apology. And as soon as she got one, she was she was ready to go. And I appreciate that because we've said before that like if we were in Sammy's shoes, I don't know how I would react. And I sympathize yeah. with her. And so I'm glad that Snooki was willing to hear it. Yeah. So we got just a really quick moment of Wow and Tom, which I think is setting things up for kind of their mm. demise, which we've been getting pieces of their relationship falling apart. Tom is still being a passive aggressive bitch. It's a, quid a, a pretty quick moment, but I think it's just there to set up for some of the drama that's going to happen with their relationship later. Right. And then we continue the apology train where Sam is, she gets home. She's like, all right, I never gave Dina a chance. I started totally off on the wrong foot. Let me grab her. I don't think her apology comes across as quite as clear. She goes into like, not like just like excuses right away. But Dina's still very willing to hear her. So I, they make up. Um, and I, it's kind of unclear what's going to happen with Wow because she just walks through and burps in the middle of their making up. Yeah, well, even Sammy shushes Dina and, like, stops the conversation for a second because I don't think... She's just not ready for the Jenny conversation. She wants to completely, like, put that off as long as possible. I don't think Jenny's ready to hear it at this point either. So I don't... Like, I don't know when the right time would or wouldn't be, but I don't... I think that right now would have been kind of a hostile conversation. And yeah, that... Uh, maybe Even if they just waited, like, an hour, I think it might have even been better or something. I don't know. Well, one thing I love... This is such a Dina response... When Sammy was saying some version of like, I, I think we should get off on a fresh start and, you know, try to be friends. I don't remember her exact wording, but Dina says, Dina's immediately like receptive and is like down to be cool. And she says, uh, we'll drink Patron tonight and we'll be fine. I thought yeah. that was so funny. That like oh, her response is like, we'll just take shots and it's going to be good. Like, don't even stress. <laughs> Always on to party. I do want to say that Snooki and Dina tell Jenny that Sam has been apologizing and sort of preps her for that she might be getting one eventually and Jenny's very like mm, fuck that I don't want it I don't want to be her friend like you be her friend but I'm not her friend yeah that's where I say I don't think she's ready for it yet no yeah not yet but I had to say that but now we can take a break 
All right, we'll be right back. Can't get enough of um hello? Never. <laughs> well, check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and TikTok at um hello pod. And if you are listening to us, but you'd rather be watching, you can go to patreon.com slash um hello. There's also going to be tons of bonus content, including bonus episodes and behind the scenes, like how I got my Snooky post. And last but not least, if you're a brand or you just want to give us money, send us an email, a professional email at umhellopod at gmail.com. All right, let's get back to the show already. Okay. Um, hello. Um, hello to you. We're back. We're back. We're getting ready to go out to our favorite place, Karma. Yes, another classic Karma night. And when they get there, Jenny sees her old friend slash ex, I think. I think they used to kind of date. Uh, Roger. The yeah. Roger. This is actually pretty wild because they are exes. Like, I think they might have dated in high school or maybe it was like mm. a casual thing when they were younger. And you can tell, like, they both have very much hard eyes for each other. Mm. I don't know if people know this or not, but later in life, Roger and Jenny get married, have mm -hmm. two children, and then go through a very messy and not good divorce. Now, mm. what really sucks is like Roger was kind of dope for a while. And even if you've ever watched like the spinoff of Snooki and Wow, there's a lot of times where Roger's annoying. And then there's a lot of times where I'm kind of on his side with things as much as I ride for Wow. Um, and then he just kind of becomes such a fucking asshole when they go through the divorce. So this is so it's so weird because I guess people can be multifaceted and be good people and also bad people and other, you know, as life goes on. Um, so seeing them meet is so interesting because I'm like, girl, that's the father of your children that you're just like running into at karma tonight. Like, you have no idea. I know it is crazy knowing what happens in the future. Um, mm -hmm. And it, may, it does make me wonder, like, did the money and the fame change Roger and make him that way? Or was he always that way and was hiding it? You know, because he does come across <laughs> as very charming as on this season, season three. My personal, uh, my personal belief is that, like, he's one of those people where, like, if you're on his side, he's very much a good guy. But if, mm -hmm. if you're not, or like with exes, I think that he can go and do like take the low road, I guess. And I think that if they weren't famous, like if Wow wasn't Wow, she was just Jenny Parley and she just was a normal person there. I think their divorce still would have been messy, but it would have been like hometown messy. I think that he just had access to like media level things. And I think he did things in fits of rage or whatever, as people mm. do in divorces. But because of the level of, you know, popularity that Jenny has, the media really ran with it and put more out there than needed to be. But I think that any guy can go through a divorce and have that kind of evilness come out. And I'm yeah. not like excusing men. I just think that like, he would have just been like every other divorced man if she wasn't Jay well from the Jersey shore. That's my like personal yeah. opinion. I don't know. No, that's weird to disagree. To Maybe yeah, I'll think differently sense. as we watch, but like, I'll say this at this pocket in time, Roger really does come off as a good guy. And he has to, if she wouldn't have married him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, and they were together in the past. So They've got like many, many, many years of history already at this point. Even yeah, they're, that's like, they're true. Reuniting, but um, and then we cut to Dina, who <laughs> is having a grand old time. But we love her, but she's a bit of a mess. She loves to dance. <laughs> she falls off a stage, and someone says that she was there for six minutes and fifty-three seconds before getting herself kicked out of Karma. 
Well, she, I think she was definitely pre-gaming because they were picking on her. They're picking on her at the house about how she was about to get messy. And she was like saying, oh, I'm not even drinking at the club. Meanwhile, she's slurring her speech. So she arrived drunk. Which, yeah, I think she meant like she wasn't going to drink anymore when they right, got oh, there, yeah. which that's not the <laughs> that's not the move. But um, throwback because the rest of the crew stays and Mike reunites with Paula. She is still that bitch. I love Paula in this episode. So it was kind of nice to see uh, them together. Now, um, Mike had met Paula in season one, correct? Mm-hmm. And was this the moment where he took her home and she slept over and her friend came banging on the door the next day like, where's my friend? She's late for work. Is that what this is? You've got it correct. Yes, it is that Paula. Yes. (laughs) She looks fucking fantastic. No, Paula's a down ass bitch. She's fun. She's back. Like, let's I'm down for that. (laughs) And like of all the people that Mike's going to hook up with, she's like very suited for Mike. No no offense to Lauren's, but for this point in Mike's (laughs) life, like this was a good match Paula was for him. So. Yeah. It did. Uh, I don't remember. I guess we'll see, but do they end up dating in the season? Like, do they see each uh, other? I don't remember. I don't know if it's, well, well they see. see each other more, but I don't know if it's like, it's not like officially. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see. So Snooki's falling over. She's kind of a mess. Um, Jenny's flirting it up with Roger. I love her smile. And this is where, if you remember, um, there's a, so there's a girl who says, who calls out Roger for being like, you have a girlfriend and this girl that they claim is Roger's girlfriend is the girl who you just said, how when Paula was with Mike was banging on the door yeah. and they also say she's the girl who runs the tanning salon. So Seaside, Seaside is, is just apparently town, yeah. very <laughs> fucking small. Yeah, small fucking world. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> we'll see more of like, it later of somebody mentioning a name and half the room being like, oh, yeah, no, I know. Everybody knows everybody. That's why it's like, yes. I could see now why uh, Jersey Shore filming there was such a big deal because it's a small community that everybody knows everybody, even in the in the party scene. So I could see now why it was like such a big deal and why it was talked about so much before it even aired. Yeah, and then imagine, like, these are your friends or some guy you hooked up with, and then they're, like, famous, and you're meeting him at the clubs, and then you're on TV every weekend. Right. Like, it's just, like, it's how strange to be, like, the seaside section Yeah, here. exactly. Yeah. Like, seeing the people you've partied with for potentially a, a couple of years, and right. all of a sudden have a camera crew and a bunch of producers. Yeah, it's, like, a, a weird vibe yep. change. Yeah, for sure. Now, Jenny is a little bit upset because she feels lied to because she thinks that Roger now has a girlfriend that he said he didn't have, which is a little hypocritical because she has. Yes. Yeah. It's very hypocritical. Granted, I guess she was upset because she said he lied and that's why she was upset, but still it's a little like those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, Jenny. Well, I do understand like maybe she's going to him being honest of like, listen, things aren't great with me and Tom and I'm probably breaking up with him. And he's coming to her being like, no, I'm completely single. I could be like, yo, I was really honest with you. Like I could get that angle, but I don't know. Yeah, I get get what you mean, though. You can't be mad that he's a girlfriend. You can only be mad that he didn't he didn't tell you, I guess. We didn't see that conversation. So it's hard to know exactly what she's a little upset about, but she's a little bothered. So her and Nicole go upstairs to just have a little party with the two of them. Yeah, so so her and Nicole run off to a closed section of Karma, and they're having their own. Which I'm so I'm surprised they love them up there, but I guess that maybe they were like, oh yeah, take the camera crew and like get off the fucking dance floor. Who knows? <laughs> but they're up there, and that is when Jenny decides she has to pee, and just does so behind the fucking bar. This night of Karma is actually really funny, and chaotic, and funny and iconic. I, I'm, we get like more time at the bar than we normally get as far as footage goes. 
I know we get, usually we don't get this much story at the club. Usually it happens after you're right. And this is such an iconic moment of her poking her head above the bar. And like, uh, again, I used to have these gifts on Tumblr. Okay. So a lot of other stuff happens at the bar. So let's try and get through some of this. So Ron and Sam kind of rekindle, which like, mm. boo, whatever. And then Danielle, the stalker is somehow there. Somehow. She's stalking his whole somehow. life on the boardwalk. She, him. she followed him there. Of course. And then she throws a drink on him <laughs> and it kind of looks like she gets kicked out. But then like a camera guy maybe follows her and at the very right before it cuts to the commercial. It looks like she shoves the camera guy. There must she did. It looks like she like smacked the camera kind of out of his face. And it's like, what happened? What did we miss? What was cut? Like what? Like she just, she just showed up and was angry and throwing drinks like. Something must have had. Did somebody say something to her? Was there like, were they joking? You know how Paul. Well, can I be. think if you remember, you had the theory that they were actually more of an item than he let on to be, and yeah. as the show edited to be. So maybe she was just so bitter from everything that she was just like, "Fuck you, Polly." <laughs> Who knows? Do you think she got ready, went to where she knew they were filming, just to throw a drink, and then got kicked out and left? Like, do you think that was her plan? I wonder, or if it was like the uh, sometimes you know the emotions take over and you act differently than you planned. So who knows? That's a good question. I don't know if it was premeditated drink throwing or if it was impulsive in the moment drink throwing. That's a good. That'd be a good question. You never know with her. Okay, so next the boys go home and they all and I don't know if they did this on purpose, but they all start talking about this thing called a DTF meter or a DTFO meter. And so Paula is apparently off the charts for the DTF meter. And Vinny says that his girl is at a 10 on the DTFO meter. And it does happen where like Polly and his girl, they actually just fall asleep. There's no there's nothing happening. Vinny gets to smush and situation and Paula. I do think they have sex later on, but at first they just go out to eat, which I'm glad that situation, at least he's stayed the same in his love of food that always cracks me the fuck up. He, you know, what's funny is that even when he's being an asshole or being sexist, which I'm not saying he is in this moment, but I, I mean, like, even when he's being the situation, his mm-hmm. love of food always is in the forefront. That man will yep. stop anything to make a meal. And it's I a kryptonite. Kinda, there's something kind of <laughs> sweet about that. That like it's he, very Italian. Well, and it's funny because he's been striking out for seasons at this point. He's like really has a horrible track record, and he finally has a girl who likes him and is down to fuck, and maybe even like likes him a little, you know. And his first response is not to immediately hook up. It's like, well, let's eat first. I think that's so funny. I think it's because Paula's like all reliable in a way. Right. Like it's less of a gamble because it's like this. It's it's a repeat kind of thing Vinny gets kind of lucky because after he hooks up with his girl she says i have to go he doesn't have to get yep. around she just leaves which okay good for her. everyone got what they wanted and then he ends the night where ron's like cooking the previously frozen burgers that they dethawed while cooking it don't recommend that cooking method just for any cook chefs listening um and Vinny goes back out and is talking with ron and it's kind of like oh we see like, it seems like the old Ronnie is back. Like, you're laughing, you're cooking. And him and Ro- him and Sam at this point, like, had just made up at the club. So, like, we kind of, I don't know, maybe Sam is willing to just put everything behind her and move forward. But it is a nice moment where, like, yeah, he's laughing and not yelling. And that's nice. Yeah, it, we we get very few of these moments with Ron. So, and, yep. they, and I mean, and the roommates, too, they, they point it out every time he's happy. They're like, oh, look who's back. They have to make a thing of it. But it is, it's almost 
more scary seeing him happy though because it's like the calm before the storm like you know something's yeah. gonna happen eventually so it's like it's not real it does make me nervous yeah um okay let's take a little break okay welcome to sapphic survival guide my name is cheyenne i'm gina class is now in session how do you define queer style how do you communicate that you don't want to U-Haul at all it is literally <laughs> every queer woman i meet hate gemini's how do i deal with the most devastating breakup i've ever been through sapphic survival guide we're happy to be queer to answer your questions um hello um hello we're back we are back it's the next day can i just say so many t-shirt shop shifts are being shown it's so interesting and maybe it's because they're weaving plot lines into the t-shirt yeah. shop like sammy apologized and now Snooky's hung over and so that's why this is like a plot line because she and ron and Vinny have to go to work and she is not feeling this she just is in her dress from last night wraps herself in a blanket puts her uh slippers on and goes to work and asks danny her boss if she if he can she can funnel a beer with him <laughs> and this is this is the season where danny starts becoming a character a little bit because yeah. he's you know he's making his millions off of his house and she doesn't give a fuck so he's just laughing he doesn't care oh snooki you're so funny oh but um there's this scene too where she grabs a why is there a fridge full of beer behind the counter that i didn't understand I mean, they're a short store. Maybe it was just like a fridge that was the just there and they ended up keeping beer for like after work. Who knows? Because yeah, it's behind the counter. It's not like to sell. But she grabs a beer. There's just this funny shot of her running, like hiding from Danny in a closet or something with a funnel and a beer. And it's like, you have to bring out the whole funnel. You couldn't just drink the beer. I guess it's faster to shotgun it. I don't even know. Vic <laughs> Vinny actually comments that he thinks her, her drinking is out of control, which as you said, if castmates are calling it out, like... Yeah. And she says she's going to go get a coffee, but instead she starts just drinking. And well, we're going to see how that ends up. I told Danny that I was going to go get coffee, but I really went to the bar to take shots. I don't, I just love that. <laughs> she's so funny, but I actually went to the bar to take shots. And her just with her short legs running across the boardwalk to and the her bars. Slippers. The whole scene Ridiculous. is just so, so charming and so funny. So she goes for a coffee, but she goes to get a shot instead. And then she like gets fried pickles. Danny finds her at the fried pickle place, which is hilarious because she goes to get a shot and then she has to go to the other side of the boardwalk to get her pickles. So she runs in front of the store. Right. And that's what I'm talking about with the short legs, like running as fast as she can. <laughs> so Danny sees her and follows her to the pickle place and drags her back to work. And I believe she finishes her shift off camera. Okay. Because then when we see her again, she's off work and now ready to officially get drunk and party because she's done with work. And she's kind of like on her own. And one of the other things that Nicole and Dina have been talking about on the meatball pod is how for all castmates, there was a rule that like you couldn't go anywhere alone. Like even if it was you and a camera crew, you still had to have another castmate with mm -hmm. you. And that rule applied to everybody except for Dina and Nicole. And they called it like the meatball exception. They were like that rule applied <laughs> to everybody but the meatballs. And they would let them go off on their own and have like meatball days or whatever. And so that makes sense because I feel like Jenny and Dina are going to get a coffee together. And they end up running into Nicole, who is by herself. And that's, I think, like, the yeah, the only person in production was going to let that happen with. Well, because the reason they're allowed to do that is because they're the instant bestie type drunks. 
They will befriend anybody when they're drinking. Anybody that has even the slightest of good vibes. And that includes Nicole, who is blasted in the middle of the day and starts doing shots with this old couple, which is so Mm -hmm. sweet. It's so funny. She could party with anyone. The problem is that after she does the shots, she says she doesn't really remember anything. And she starts actually like blacking out here. And she starts to become a little unruly and a little uncontrollable. And it's all fun and games when she's like trying to get on the bike and falling over. But then she starts like running around to the point where Dina and Jenny are chasing her. But you have to remember, like, there's also a camera crew then chasing yeah. them. So you, for everyone else, this has to look extra chaotic than just girls running down the boardwalk. And this is where we get to the iconic line. Where's the beach? I just want to go on the beach legendary i actually knew what she meant when she when i watched it the first time and maybe that's because i've gone to the jersey shore and there's not (laughs) you can't just hop that fence and get onto the beach like there are specific designated areas to take you from the boardwalk to the beach Hmm. and so she meant where can i get on to the beach but obviously (laughs) like you're not going to scream that i understood what she said and when the guy was like the beach is right there that she asked would she if she wasn't drunk what she should have said is like how do i get there though <laughs> like where's the entrance but that instead she's just like i just want to go on the beach so bad i know what she meant too but it's so just the quote is so funny where's the beach right, right and there. she finds the beach which does not go well for her because when she finds the beach she like can't even walk jenny and dina are obviously like trying to help her but it becomes such a spectacle like at one point yeah. you can see like the crowd of people that yeah. have commenced to watch this and at well, that point it's like there's points where you can hear people cheering and yelling snooki we love you like they no way it. yes if you go back and watch it it's the moment where jenny and dina are trying to get her to go up like the the ramp to yeah. get back on the boardwalk right when they're uh, and she's kind of falling yeah that's when you can hear people go yay snooki i probably are, didn't have my volume loud enough to catch that i love that that's so breaking like a fourth wall kind of it's barely audible in the background they tried to obviously cut it as much as possible but i think yeah. there's just so much going on that they couldn't completely cut out the crowd because they, yeah. had, they had definitely attracted a lot of attention and then there was this moment where <laughs> she tried to run into the ocean with her full clothes and, and purse on and purse her purse girl they, they got, i'm so glad dina and jenny were there because what if they hadn't showed I up no I, I i honestly i don't even know but i also think sometimes that fuels it like if you have someone who you know is going to pull you back then it becomes like a game mm-hmm. of like and jenny it's like a childish game and jenny even starts literally scolding her like she is her mother which is yeah. so funny and nicole has reflected on all of this on like tiktok and stuff and she even laughs and is like that's how Jenny talks to her children is the way she talked to me that day, which I just think is fucking hilarious. But I've, I've been on both sides of that. I've been Snooki where I have somebody lecturing <laughs> me and talking to me like a child. And I've also been on the other side where I have to talk to somebody like a child because alcohol, sometimes if you're very drunk, especially if you're blacked out, when you black mm-hmm. out, you're kind of almost on autopilot. So it sort of brings out your inner child a little bit because a lot of very, not everyone who's drunk, but there's a lot of people who drink who become like toddlers. And I do yep. think it's like an inner child coming out type thing. So you have to talk yeah, to fully. them like a kid. You have to talk to them like you have to lecture them like a kid. 
And they really try and do everything they can, but they, the police come because there was really no, I don't think that there was like any other way around it. Now, I think if Snooki hadn't been cursing at them, they would have just like walked her home and been like, you need to go to sleep. Um, But because she's like, get the fuck off, get off (laughs) in her like hilarious Jersey accent and up she gets arrested and Jenny and Dina are crying and they see her going, you know, that's I'm a good fucking person. And it's all <laughs> so memeable now, but it's all memeable because Nicole's so willing to laugh at it now yeah. as an adult. This is exactly this is one of those things where the future affects our perception of the past, because if she instead had gone down almost a Ronnie route where she just mm-hmm. was an alcoholic and constantly in trouble. And, you know, in 2023, still getting bad headlines. This moment wouldn't be funny. It'd be the beginning of the end it'd be sad yeah but because she got her shit together and she's a mom and she's responsible and ha- runs all these businesses like she has her shit together so it's fun to watch her be a mess back in the day it really is yeah. and she's <laughs> in on it with us like she yeah. is like she calls herself even like a messy mama i think that's like her wine brand it's like she's so down to like you know be in on the joke and that's yeah, yeah why we fucking love her but she does unfortunately go to jail how do you feel about the fact that Jenny decided to call her parents? I mean, I think her process was like the sooner they know, the better so that they right. don't hear it from somewhere else and blow up. Um, but I don't know that my first thought would have been like, I have to ta- like, I would have seen it as like you're tattling. But I don't know. I guess right. maybe she was like, do you think that this was fair? Or did you not really think about it? I think maybe they thought or Jenny thought because of what a spectacle it was that it would probably be immediate news. Like I'm sure TMZ wrote about it hours after she got arrested. Do you know what I mean? Because yes, that, that okay. happened a lot back in the day. There'd be a lot of uh, uh, Dina falls off the stage. And then six months later, you'd see it on TV. Like they did that. This, this happened That's a fair. lot. So I'm yeah, sure no, no, no. the fame and public spectacle part of it made Jenny realize she needed to say something quickly. So I do see what you're I about that. snitching. If there are regular people, I wouldn't have called her parents, but she's probably just, you know. Fight, no, uh, I didn't think about the fact that how like soon that could have hit, yeah. you know, a news outlet and stuff. Because, yeah, they were famous by this time. So, yeah. and everyone's pretty concerned. It's, you know, we'll get into how everything pans out, of course, in the next episode. But that we this ends off with everyone just kind of being concerned because Snooki is in jail and before we go, I do want to play a clip. It's a little long, but I found a clip of Snooki when she was in court after the filming of this season. Oh. And I find it to be really interesting. I would definitely like to um, apologize to the Seaside Cops when I saw what happened and everyone told me what happened. Very embarrassed. This is not like me. I've never been in this situation before. So I definitely would like to apologize to anybody that I hurt. Well, in this matter, I I have concerns about how much of this episode was scripted by your show or how much was uh, actions of your own initiative. I mean, if this was scripted, only you can determine if it's worth trading your dignity for a paycheck. Yeah, it's annoying. Uh, If this was your idea of having a good time, it appears your recent celebrity has apparently affected your uh, judgment. He's judging. (laughs) Great Heights is a town that invites people to have a good time. Uh, we're a tourism uh, town. She said it's a trash town. Shut the fuck up. Uh, have fun, but not at the expense of others. Uh, your actions, I don't know, you, you seem to be acting like a Lindsay Lohan wannabe in this matter. Ugh. See, I get, he goes on for another like minute talking crap, but I kind of get like that judges sometimes lecture people when they do stuff like this, but 
I don't know. I felt like this was he was being especially harsh because she's famous. It's almost like, yeah. And I, I guess he's a Jersey judge. So he's probably a lot of people. A lot of Jersey people hated Jersey Shore um, yeah. because they felt it was a bad representation. I feel like this right. judge was in that camp. He felt biased. Like he probably hated them before he she even got arrested. So this was his chance yep. to kind of dump on her a little. And it just felt a little like, and why bring Lindsay, Lo- Lindsay Lohan want to be like that? That feels I think that's who was in the news in the time. Yeah. It was unprofessional. I think his response was very biased and not professional whatsoever. But well, at least he like let her off kind of. Okay. Yeah, she got he was a little lenient. He just lectured her. But I did feel like it was gross. But it is interesting that uh, he pointed out that, the you know, I don't know if it was scripted or not. And she says it wasn't. And he basically is like, so that was your choice. He didn't say this, but he insinuated like you chose to make an ass of yourself. OK, it's kind of annoying either way. But oh, and then he says the other thing that kind of annoyed me was when he said, uh, I don't know if your recent celebrity status is affecting your behavior. <laughs> like, shut up. I roll. <laughs> uh well would you like to do our cookie quote to end off oh, on some shit. fun yeah let's do it would you like to be Wow or snooki i'll be jenny this time i'll take the okay. starring role okay go ahead um, i gotta pee don't tell anybody no one is looking at you stop it oh god <laughs> i watered it down it doesn't smell anymore Shh. Then scene. And that was, of course, when she was peeing at the bar. That is so fucking funny. It's just like, no one's looking at you. Stop it. <laughs> Would you ever pee like that in, in, inside? It was, it's not inside. Maybe outside, but not inside. Anyways, I think that's it for this one. All right. Well, next time we will hopefully get Snooki out of jail. But until then, um, goodbye. Um, no, I'm um, goodbye. Um, goodbye. If you want more of the podcast, you can follow us on any social media at um hello pod. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash um hello. We've got a video feed there so you can see our beautiful faces while we recap Jersey Shore. And we've also got a little bit of behind the scenes bonus content for you. And you can find me anywhere online at The Libra including my website, thelibragina.com. And you can find me online on TikTok and Instagram at angel.iconic.music. Thanks for listening. Bye.